MSW Media. Thanks to AG1 for supporting our show. If you want to take ownership over your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash dailybeans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, February 5th, 2024. Today, Joe Biden wins the South Carolina primary with over 96% of the vote. Trump pal Vince McMahon is under federal criminal investigation for sex trafficking. The January jobs report has exceeded everyone's expectations. The New York Attorney General civil fraud trial verdict has been delayed until perhaps mid-February. House Oversight Democrats are investigating Tommy Tuberville's hold on military flag officer promotions. The U.S. strikes back at Iran proxies after the attack in Jordan, killing three U.S. service members. The Supreme Court declines to block West Point from considering race in admissions decisions for now. Wisconsin is getting closer to redistricting their gerrymandered maps. And the New Mexico man who shot at Democrats' houses has pled guilty. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. We have a New Mexico story. For <laughs> we do. <laughs> remember and, uh, that guy? He would just. I, well, I remember. Yeah. <sighs> just firing at houses. Happy Monday, my friend. To you as well. It was a good weekend. How was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was great, but not as good as yours. Tell everybody <laughs> what you did, because I'm like, I want to brag about it. You're so sweet. Uh, this was my first gala for the Human Rights Campaign. I have several organizations I'm working with this year, but we were honoring Coleman Domingo um, for just being his out brilliant self, and hopefully he'll get that Oscar for Rustin. And also Trace Lissette, this incredible trans actress. Um, if you have not seen Monica, please watch it. We also honored the CEO of Macy's, who is a lovely, lovely gay man and raised a shit ton of money. So I I, I blew their goal out of the water, actually, and... Um, doubled, almost tripled it. So it was um, a really good night. New York was fired up. I got to meet some of the people that I've just respected for years and, um, you know, see some old friends. So it was wonderful. That's amazing. I'm, I'm so happy that you get to do such like fulfilling and incredible work. That's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm so proud. I, to I always you. follow Chuck Schumer at the New York Gala too, which makes me <laughs> smile. So now I just go back and, you know, we're all in the green room together. And I'm like, it's good to see you again. He's like, you too. <laughs> he's funny. He's actually really a funny guy. He's a funny guy. He is. He also has a gay daughter that he's incredibly proud of. And so he's very vocal about LGBTQ um, rights and, you know, fighting for him and stuff. And, you know, he's got his hands full in the Senate right now, and we need to keep the Senate. We need to expand our lead in the Senate, mm. and we need to flip the House. So that's that's our job in November. And he's trying to do his, and we need to do ours. Yep, hundred percent. Um, and you know, with the RNC down to eight million dollars, and I heard Trump on Fox News today, and we're going to talk about this more tomorrow on the Beans. But I guess he's he's done with Ronna Romney McDaniel. Oh boy, uh, says she didn't do too well in 2023. She didn't do too well in 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. <laughs> like, <laughs> like now, now's your you're prepping the bus to throw her under again. We're going to need a bigger bus. Uh, but yeah, they have uh, no money, but we still got to get out there and, and do what we need to do. Uh, and I just want everyone to know I'm going on vacation 
Good for you. March 1st through 6th. I'll probably still be working a little bit, but you know, we're doing a, a girl's trip for my 50th birthday. Finally, yes. we're going to get around to it. And uh, I wanted just to announce that because it seems that every time I announce a vacation, th- shit happens. And I of want course. I want that immunity ruling, Dana. So DC Circuit Court of Appeals gods, snap a doodle. I'm going Let's on vacation. It. Let's and apparently that also means I'm going on vacation <laughs> Let's March 1st to the 6th. Well, you know, we might put shows out. I mean, there'll definitely be content. Um, oh, yeah. uh, so, you know, I'll just oh, be... Yeah, that's right. We'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll talk about it off the air. No one needs to hear this right now. Behind the curtain with, that's right. with Dana and Allison. Uh, all right. So do you hear that? Do you hear that, DC Circuit Court? I'm going on vacation, so let's go. <laughs> Snappy snaps. Uh, all right, we have <laughs> we have a lot of news to get to today, but first we have some quick. I make a long story short. Too late. So Joe Biden, South Carolina, holy bejesus, ninety six point two or ninety six point three percent. Amazing. Uh, and uh, I think, I mean, it was super close. Um, <laughs> Marianne Williamson came in second place <laughs> with two percent. And then, of course, uh, what's his face with uh, 1.7, 1.9 something. Yeah. Some must be the elite 1% club. Um, Mr. Dean Phillips, drop out. Okay. Would you? Yeah. Just Listen, I, I, I have a lot of, I have, oh God, I have to be careful about this. There was a time where I went to several Marianne Williamson's talks in Los Angeles about love and about the universe. Um, and I she just, was I find cool this, for the first few months, man. Yeah, I find this presidential, second presidential run interesting. And I don't know if it's just to raise money or if it's just, I mean, she knows she's not winning the nomination. I, I, I don't know. It's just a bizarre thing to me, but good on you, Marianne. And uh, I have to, I, you know. She's bizarre. She's so bizarre. <laughs> the, the polls, the polls that came out, where like Biden's only going to get 69% and Dean Phillips is going to get like seven and Marianne's going to get like five. So the polls were off by like 27 points. Yeah. And then Joe Biden blows it out of the water. And then this morning, all across NBC, new polling is out. Let's talk about that instead of the fact that Joe Biden kicked everybody's fucking ass. Let's, of let's, ta- let's talk. Oh, I swear no, to no. God, dude. Writing a book about it. Okay. Uh, and so anyway, it, it was an, an incredible night uh, for Joe Biden. Uh, uh, you know, it just it, it, I'm so confused about how coming up to Iowa and Trump's thing, there were like 14 hours and 37 minutes and 14 seconds until the polls closed. We're going to have everybody you've ever heard of talking about it live when the polls close. And this time it's like uh, no countdown, no live coverage, just mm-hmm. whoever was in the chair. Um, uh, you know, but you know, whatever. Okay, I'm done. I'm off my soapbox. All right, AG, I should give you a hand and help you down from that soapbox. Thank you. Um, thank you. The United States produced an unexpectedly sizable batch of jobs last month, a boon for American workers that shows the labor market retains remarkable strength after three years of expansion. We were expecting 173,000 new jobs, but employers added 353,000 jobs in January. On a seasonally adjusted basis, the Labor Department reported that on Friday, and the unemployment rate remained at 3.7%. 
how this is bad for Joe Biden, right? <laughs> News <laughs> Live at five. <laughs> Next up, according to a court source, the decision in the New York Attorney General civil fraud trial is now expected as late as mid-February, a couple weeks from now, week and a half maybe. Judge Angoron initially said he would rule by January 31st, but then a couple of things happened. Some shit went down, including that report from the Trump Organization fiscal babysitter, Judge Barbara Jones, retired mm-hmm. judge, that showed more fraud. Of course, she it's not her job to conclude that there's fraud. And as I said, she brought that up in the report, like, I can't say that there's fraud, but hey, check this shit out. And then also negotiations of a guilty plea with the DA and Weisselberg. So the judge may now have to consider that everything Weisselberg said could be bullshit. Well, really? Shocking. Uh Ooh. So he's probably going back over his testimony. Now, it's not confirmed that those are the reasons for the delay in the verdict, but I bet the means they are. Yeah, you're usually right on that. All right, A.G., a duo of House oversight and accountability Democrats are asking the Government Accountability Office to review Senator Tommy Tuberville, that Republican from Alabama we love so much, (laughs) his 10-month blockade of military promotions, asking for a review of its impact on national security as well as military families. The letter from ranking member, we love him, Jamie Raskin, and Rep. Robert Garcia, who is badass, by the way. If you're not familiar with Robert, you should. He's an incredible representative. Anyway, that was obtained by The Hill, and it asked for a review of the unprecedented blockade of military promotions, including the short and long-term detrimental effects on the Defense Department and our broader national security. Good fucker. I hate that type of guy. And the U.S. is responding to Iran proxy attacks in the Middle East. And here's what President Joe Biden had to say about it. He said this past Sunday, three American soldiers were killed in Jordan by a drone launched by militant groups backed by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Earlier, I attended the dignified return of these brave Americans at Dover Air Force Base, and I've spoken with each of their families. This afternoon, at my direction, U.S. military forces struck targets at facilities in Iraq and Syria that the IRGC and affiliated militia used to attack U.S. forces. Our response began today. It will continue at times and places of our choosing. The United States does not seek conflict in the Middle East or anywhere else in the world, but let all those who might seek to do us harm know this. If you harm an American, we will respond. Uh, early reports out, by the way, Dana, no civilians have okay. been injured in, in, this, uh, in, this, in these strikes. So, good. yes, very good news. All right. We have a lot more news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up from Tom Winter at NBC, former World Wrestling Entertainment CEO Vince McMahon and complete douchebag is under federal criminal investigation as prosecutors tried to determine if federal laws were broken in conduct surrounding recent allegations of sex trafficking that have been made public in lawsuits, according to two people familiar. Last week, the company, McMahon, and former WWE executives were sued by a former employee alleging those crimes. We talked about that on this show. McMahon has also discussed being under federal investigation and having a phone seized by federal officials. That's according to a senior-level WWE executive and another personal friend who spoke to NBC News. Now, when you have your phone seized, they can't just come and get your phone because they don't like your face. They have to have evidence of a crime, right? (laughs) (laughs) I will have seized so many phones if that was the case. (laughs) Just send them all. Send them all. Excuse me, I need your phone. Why? Don't (laughs) Don't ask. Don't like your face. I don't like your face. (laughs) The Wall Street Journal was first to report the federal probe. 
Uh, Though McMahon denied the accusations in last week's lawsuit, he resigned the next day as executive chairman of the board of TKO Group, WWE's kapow parent company. (laughs) He also stepped down from the TKO board of directors and no longer has a role with WWE. Representatives for McMahon, TKO Group, and WWE did not immediately respond Friday to requests for comment on the federal investigation. The 78-year-old's exit is a major shakeup in the professional wrestling empire that for decades has seen McMahon and his family members at the helm of the company. Janelle Grant, a former employee, filed a lawsuit on January 25th against McMahon and former WWE executive John Lariantis. Is that it? Lauren, Lauren Natis. Lauren, Lauren Natis, I think. Whatever. I'm not, you know, I haven't watched since the Hulk Hogan days, brother. So I don't know. Claiming she was the victim of physical and emotional abuse, sexual assault and trafficking at WWE. And the accusations are harrowing. I beg of you, do not read the details of that. Um, I had to put it down. McMahon disputed the allegations, saying in a statement, I stand by my prior statement that Miss Grant's lawsuit is replete with lies, obscene made up instances that never occurred and is a vindictive distortion of the truth. McMahon has not been criminally charged yet. A lawyer for Laurenitis said, my client, to like sound it out, Laurenitis, mm-hmm. uh, said, my client vigorously did not, yeah, you know what? I don't care what he says. McMahon is no stranger to these allegations, by the way, of sexual assault. He survived several during his reign at the company. In 92, 1992, the year I graduated high school, Rita Chatterton, the first female referee of the company, accused McMahon of rape, though he denied the allegation. He reached a settlement with her last year. Last year, Dana. Wow. McMahon also faced several federal conspiracy charges, alleging orchestrated steroid use among the wrestlers, and he was found not guilty by a jury in 94. McMahon has stepped down as CEO in 2022 after an investigation found that he had paid nearly $15 million to four women over 16 years to quiet claims of sexual misconduct. That's a lot of money spent for an innocent man. Paying off people to keep quiet where have i heard that before no maybe birds of a feather you might see something in march in a courtroom about that possibly i don't know who knows all right this (laughs) was from melissa quinn at cbs the supreme court said friday it will not stop the u.s military academy in west point from considering race in its admissions process while a legal fight over its policies plays out before a federal appellate court good Yep. In an unsigned order, the court said the case's, quote, record before the court is underdeveloped, and this order should not be construed as expressing any view on the merits of the constitutional question. Now, the challenge to West Point's admissions policy was brought by the group Students for Fair Admissions, which was behind the cases that led the Supreme Court to end race-conscious admissions programs at public and private colleges in June. Acting on a footnote, In the majority opinion written by Chief Justice John Roberts, which said the decision did not apply to the nation's service academies, Students for Fair Admissions sued West Point in September on behalf of two of its members who are applying to the academy. The group said the two applicants, one a a high school senior applying for the first time and the other a college freshman applying for the second time, are fully qualified but white. Students for Fair Admissions had unsuccessfully urged the Supreme Court to grant its request for emergency relief by January 31st, which is West Point's application deadline. 
In a filing to the Supreme Court urging the justices to reject the group's request, Solicitor General Elizabeth Prologar also indicated the urgency sought by Students for Fair Action was unnecessary, as West Point will continue evaluating applications through May of 2024. Quote, SFFA seeks an injunction against policies that military leaders have long deemed essential to ensuring the effectiveness of the nation's military. This is what Prologar wrote and went on to say SFFA acknowledges that the impact of an injunction on the army cannot be known, but declares that if events prove it mistaken, the injunction can be reversed. That leap now, look later approach, is not a way to handle the composition of the nation's military forces. The Biden administration also argued that the Anti-Affirmative Action Group doesn't dispute that a diverse officer corps furthers compelling national security interests. Quote, SFFA provides no sound reason to second-guess the Army's long-standing military judgment that limited consideration of race in West Point's admissions is essential to achieving those interests. Hmm. Again, this is Prologar. Went on to say, instead, SFFA stakes its case on a misguided effort to subject the army to constraints this court articulated in the very different context of civilian college admissions. Yeah. So that battle goes on. Yes, but it does. Uh, no emergency injunction for the bad guys. Good. And from Scott Bauer at the Associated Press, the Wisconsin Supreme Court on Friday agreed to hear Democratic Governor Tony Evers' lawsuit against the Republican-controlled legislature, arguing that it's obstructing basic government functions. The court's liberal majority agreed to hear the case, with the three conservative justices dissenting. It set oral arguments for April 17th. The court only agreed to immediately hear one of the three issues Evers brought forward in the complaint. That issue relates to the legislature's Republican-controlled budget committee blocking funding for state conservation programs. Cool. Evers had also challenged a committee made up of legislative leaders not approving pay raises for University of Wisconsin employees. But after the lawsuit was filed, the panel did approve the raises. Evers had also challenged a legislative committee blocking updates to the state's commercial building standards and ethics standards for licensed professionals. Hmm. The court said it was keeping both of those issues on hold pending a future order. Liberal justices Janet Protasewicz, Rebecca Dallet, I hope I'm saying that right, or DeLay, Jill Karofsky, and Ann Walsh-Bradley agreed to take the case. Conservative Chief, Chief Justice Annette Ziegler and Justices Brian Hagedorn and Rebecca Bradley dissented. Rebecca Bradley, in her dissent, accused the majority of, quote, needlessly engulfing this court in the morass of politics. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Oh, that is rich. Oh, really? Quote, by accepting only one of the issues raised by the governor and holding the other two issues in abeyance, the majority refashions this court as the governor's avenue for imposing policy changes without the consent of the governed. Really, the governed put Janet Protasewicz there, so suck it. Quote, uh, that's, I added that. <laughs> End quote. Yeah. End quote. <laughs> when reached for, for comment, Alison Gill said, suck it. Um, sh she goes on to say, when the majority's political allies say jump, the new majority responds, how high? Okay, you know what? You're so cool with your tropes. Hagedorn, who sounds like somebody from the Harry Potter series, who dissented separately, said the case was consequential and questioned taking it directly rather than have facts established through proceedings in lower courts first. Quote, a decision in this case could occasion a historic shift, both in the operation of state government and how the court interprets the boundary lines between the branches of government. I think what he's trying to say is, oh, shit, the people don't like our shit. 
shit. <laughs> I think that's specifically what he was trying to get at. End quote. He went on to say, thoughtful lower court decisions usually improve the clarity of our work by framing the arguments and telling the parties what worked and what didn't. Okay. Evers and the Republican Legislative Leaders, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, who's in a bunch of deep shit for 2020, and Senate Majority Leader Devin LeMayhew, again, hope I'm pronouncing that right, did not return messages seeking comment. They did not say suck it, as I did. Evers argued in the lawsuit that committees controlled by few Republican lawmakers are being used by the legislature to, quote, reach far beyond its proper zone of constitutional lawmaking authority. Evers cites the legislature's budget writing committee's rejection of dozens of conservation projects selected by the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources under the Knowles-Nelson Stewardship Program. Republicans have long been critics of the program because they hate the earth. Um, The program (laughs) protects land from development. LeMahieu dismissed the lawsuit as frivolous at the time it was filed, saying in a statement Evers was, quote, working to diminish the voice of Wisconsinites by limiting the authority of the legislature and unduly strengthening his own administration. You're gerrymandered to fuck legislature. Uh, He's doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. Evers and the GOP-controlled legislature have been at odds from the moment Evers was elected in November 2018, and he has issued more vetoes than any other Wisconsin governor, including blocking numerous bills, changing how elections would be run in the key presidential battleground state. The legislature convened a lame duck session just weeks before Evers took office to weaken the incoming governor's powers. Remember that? Oh, I do remember that. And they have repeatedly rejected appointees Evers has made to boards and commissions, including firing a majority of the Natural Resources Board in October. Again, they hate the earth. In another sign of their strained relationship, Evers has rarely met with Republican legislative leaders. Evers is in the second year of his second term. The Wisconsin Supreme Court flipped to a majority, as we know with liberal control in August. In December, it struck down Republican-drawn legislative maps on a 4-3 decision. The Evers lawsuit is one of several high-profile cases filed by Democrats since the court's majority changed. Yay, protozoites. Absolutely. Love to see it. All right, we're going to that story in New Mexico. 505. Yep. A New Mexico man has said he was hired by a failed Republican candidate for political office to carry out drive-by shootings targeting the homes of Democrats who would not abide by false election-rigged claims. Demetrio Trujillo, he's 42, is indicated in federal court documents filed Friday that he had been hired for the spate of attacks by Solomon Pena, who's run for the seat in New Mexico State Legislature in November of 2022, ended in defeat. A lot of defeat. Now, Trujillo pleaded guilty to charges of election interference, criminal conspiracy, and firearms-related offenses, and he could face several years in prison as he awaits a sentencing hearing that wasn't immediately scheduled. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Albuquerque said that in a statement. Pena, happens to be 40 years old, stands charged with lying about how the race he lost had been fraudulently stolen from him, which then fueled a plot to shoot up the houses of New Mexico Democrats, among them the state's House Speaker. Pena has pled not guilty. The drive-by shootings unfolded in December of 2022 and January 2023, shortly after officials certified Pena's electoral loss. No one was wounded, thank goodness, in any of the shootings, though authorities have noted that, in one instance, bullets cut through the bedroom of a state senator's 10-year-old daughter. God, that's terrifying. Yeah. Trujillo later told investigators that he knew Pena through acquaintances. Pena hired him to fire bullets at three officials' homes to intimidate them. This is what Trujillo reported. Investigators charged Pena with carrying out the spree of fourth 
excuse me, Spree's fourth drive-by shooting by himself. So he hired Trujillo to do the other ones. Pena did the last one on his own. Ultimately, smartphone communications from Pena included texts tied him to the attacks. This is according to prosecutors. Yep, the communications not only pinpointed the targeted officials' homes, they also purportedly spelled out allegations of election rigging and plans to, and I quote, press the attack and rage over how voters overwhelmingly rejected him for a seat in New Mexico State House. Hmm. Trejo pled guilty to charges of illegally using a firearm as well as possessing fentanyl with the intent to distribute it. Oh, His I didn't sentencing. know about the fentanyl. I thing. didn't either. His sentencing is tentative at the White House. Sorry, probably. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. From the Candyman. From the Candyman. Candyman can. Because he mixes it with fentanyl and makes the world taste sleepy. The Candyman can. All right. His sentencing, by the way, AG, is tentative for April 8th. Prosecutor's statements about Trujillo's guilty pleas don't comment on the case beyond its facts. But at the time the Trujillo's and Pena's were indicted, Albuquerque's U.S. attorney, Alexander Ubayez, 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 um, Ubayez. Hold on, I'm going to work this one out live on the podcast. I think it's Ubayez. Could be. Yeah, if you know, yeah. let us know. Alexander Ubeyes said that, and if someone's in New Mexico and I'm do, you know, saying it wrong, please send in the correction. But that U.S. attorney, the Albuquerque's U.S. attorney said the prosecution aimed to demonstrate that in America, voters pick their leaders and would-be leaders don't get to pick which voters they heed, which rules applied to them, or which laws to follow. Since the drive-by shootings attributed to Pena and the Trujillos, New Mexico lawmakers passed legislation that makes it a state felony to intimidate election officials. Why has that not been it before? <laughs> the legislation also allows some elected officials and political candidates to withhold excuse, withhold their home addresses from public gover- and government websites. That should just be a fucking given. There's no public official, in, in my opinion, that should have their home addresses listed on any government website to the public. Well, it used to not be a problem. Well, that's fair. <laughs> we used to not go <laughs> shoot up people's fucking houses. I still think they should. And then Trump. So, and then that happened. Yeah, suddenly Trump, and here we are. Um, well, thank you for that story. So um, that's a year later follow up. I think it's been a year since we've reported on this. Um, yeah. uh, so wanted to put that in your ears. All right, we have a lot of good news to get to, but we have to take a quick break. Everybody, stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, I'm excited to talk to you about AG1. I've spoken about it before. You know, I've been taking AG1, drinking it every morning for like three years. The improvement and the added benefits I've seen in my life since I first started making AG1 a daily habit have been incredible. It used to be a real drag getting up in the morning. My stomach felt wonky. I was groggy. My jibbles, that's what I call my gut biomes, my my jibbles. Uh, And it took forever to get myself ready and out the door. All that has changed since I found AG1. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should at least be simple. That's why for the last three years, I've been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel energized and ready to tackle anything that comes next. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. It's a powerful, healthy habit. 
that's also powerfully simple. Your safety and health are important, and every batch of AG1 has to pass a thorough, rigorous testing process. And our quality ingredients are sourced from their absorption, potency, nutrient density, all of it, just to make sure you get the most bang for your buck while you feel great too. It's one of the reasons I love AG1 so much. The science. Science! I get that essential support from my gut, my jibbles, my brains, and my immune system with vitamins, probiotics, nutrients, whole foods. It's incredible. It's great insurance for my health to cover all my nutritional bases right at the start of the day. If there's one product I had to recommend to everybody for your health, it's AG1. And that's why we've partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership over your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash dailybeans. That's drinkag1.com slash dailybeans. Check it out. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news? Good news. And if you have any good news, corrections, especially for today, we had so many names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you have any uh, corrections you want to send us, you can do that there too. Uh, confessions, if you want to play What the Fark is in Your Ark, where you send us an animal and we guess, you know, what color it is, that's probably the thing we can probably do the best. <laughs> We're very good at those. <laughs> we what know that. This dog, I think it's orange. Yeah. And if you send me a capybara, I can probably recognize it. Oh, cutest damn animals. Aren't they the sweetest? They're like yeah. the rodents of unusual size, but adorable. Like the good the good version. Uh, if you have a shout out to a loved one, a small business in your area, your small business, a self shout out. If you want to send us your, your VA stories, like good health care that you've gotten at the Department of Veterans Affairs, or if you want to send us your student debt relief stories. I love those. Uh, Whoopie stories, blankie stories, stuffed animal stories, anything at all, frog orgies, baby pictures, send it to us, dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. First up, from Debbie, pronoun she and her. Hello, Knights of the Royal Order of Legume. I like it. I'm a longtime listener and supporter of the Beans and Jack and wanted to share my master's thesis title with you. Awesome. I studied creative writing, so my thesis was a collection of short stories based on fictional mid- a fictional Midwestern town. Hmm. I wanted a memorable name for the town, uh, and I just traveled through Wisconsin and stopped at a gas station that had an enormous statue of a moose in the parking lot, which I had approached from behind. It gave me just the inspiration I needed for my town's name with a few spelling changes to make it sound fancier. Let's see if you can hear it in the thesis title. Muse, uh, muse, butte, or bust. Very nice. Muse, butte. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a muse, bush, but moose, butt. Like so many young people, I ran out of money to keep going for my PhD. Life got in the way, work, marriage, kids, including one whose years of serious illness kept me away from my writing for a long time until I finally got back into my own writing 15 years later. I'm proud to say I published my first book, a memoir about parenting a sick child in 2022 called Kitchen Medicine, How I Fed My Daughter Out, uh, How I Fed My Daughter Out of Failure to Thrive. And now my agent is trying to sell my first novel. A story about abortion in the Midwest in the 50s and 60s. So wish me luck. I publicly promise that if the book sells, a portion of whatever money I make will go to reproductive rights causes. Which brings me to the shout out to a nonprofit. Choices Clinic in Carbondale, Illinois. It opened after their clinic in Memphis had to stop performing abortions due to Tennessee's awful abortion ban. Carbondale is on a train line that makes it a good spot 
for abortion refugees from other states, despite it being a town that's not especially liberal. Choices could use all the support they can get. Choices offers a range of reproductive health care services to everyone, and we'll have a link in the show notes. It's yourchoices.org. You can find out more there. I have no pets since our lizard passed away the day before his person went to college this past fall. Remember Gobble? The Thanksgiving-a-ca lizard? Yes, that's the Hanukkah Thanksgiving lizard. Yes, I do. (laughs) But here's two photos of my favorite bird feeder visitors. I name all the birds, I remember, some en masse by species. For example, all the house sparrows are called Proud Boys because they're basically an aggressive mob. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is Justin and Gert. They're great company. Want to guess their species? Call it Be Reassured. I know that bird. (laughs) That's fantastic. Thank you for all you do to keep us laughing through through our fury these days. I really appreciate you both. Uh, First of all, great thesis, muse, butte, or bust. And great idea. And first, I love short fiction. My first major in college, Debbie, was um, creative writing. And I short fiction was my jam. So I love this. Um, and let's see. Let's Can we Red guess? Red Robin. Just kidding. I don't know if that's what that is. <laughs> well, the second one, there's a cardinal. Yeah. And the first one, redheaded bush tit. Oh, I thought it might be a woodpecker. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You know what? It does look like Woody Woodpecker. Right, that first one looks like a woodpecker. I saw the, the woodpeckers up close are absolutely stunning, by the way. They're beautiful birds. So woodpecker and cardinal are our guesses. Let's see what we've got. Red-billed woodpecker. Beep, 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 beep. And look at that. Cardinal. Hey. Okay, we're really good at birds. Hey, be reassured. <laughs> we know that bird. That's right. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, Debbie. <laughs> All right, this one's from Katie Pronunci and her. Hi, ladies. Love the pod. Been a listener since Kitchen Table Days. Have listened to every episode since. My cousin Dave turned me on to it back then, and it's been a form of bonding for us ever since. I grew up in a very conservative Republican home and need some help with my sanity. Perhaps you and the Beans listeners could help? Somehow, I've been getting Trump or other Republican texts for election support to my phone for the last several years addressed to my stepmom. Only my dad is on my phone plan. It's been really aggravating to say the least. How do I get off a master list? I report each is junk or type stop end, but there's always a new number and a new text for days later. Help. I feel at a loss with what to do. I'm guessing there might be other listeners with the same issue. It can't only be me, right? Thanks again for such a lovely community. It's been a source of joy for so many. Shout out to my cousin Dave, who gifted me a subscription years ago for Christmas or my birthday and still pays it for me. (laughs) He's the best. All right, Katie. Well, it's nearly impossible to get off those lists. And I have a feeling your stepmom put you on there. I'm not sure. Maybe she's not an evil stepmom. I don't know. Listen to AG with her conspiracy theories ruining families. <laughs> it was I'm your in, stepmother who did I'm in it. A mood. I wanted to know it was me. Uh, I'm in a mood today. Here's what I would do, Katie. If you're a member, uh, if you're a patron, you what you should do is is make the most out of these, right? Take screenshots of them and and share them with us on the Beans Group Facebook page. Because if you're a patron, you have access to our private Facebook group, and it's so much fun in there. And then we can all laugh about it, right? And 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 uh, you know, make fun of them. That that's what I would say. Like when like every once in a while, when a pod when one of the podcasts gets a one star review, I put it out everywhere. I read it. I talk about it. It's amazing. 
Um, the other thing you can do, and I've done this before, is respond with, uh, sorry, no, because Trump has 93 federal indictments, has been accused <laughs> of raping a woman and just had to pay her $83 million. So I'll be happily voting for Joe Biden. And they often stop texting you. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they do that, too. Um, so, yeah, Katie, those are our two suggestions. It's real hard to get off those lists. But if anyone else in the Leguminati nation knows of how to get yourself removed from those, I get uh, there, I get texts of somebody calling me Chad. Hey, Chad, we, <laughs> we know it's important to you. Uh, that, you know, I'm like, I'm not Chad. And I've tried forever to get off the Chad list, but there I am. Anyway, Katie, thank you. And thanks to your brother. Thanks, Dave. These are the Daves I know I know. These are the Daves I know. Anybody? Kids in the hall? All right. Next up, anonymous, pronouns he and him. <laughs> Hello, Beans Queens. I've got a shout out to my wife slash some good news to share with you. A few months back, my wife and I had our first child, a healthy baby boy. The labor and delivery all went fairly smoothly, and we were even discharged from the hospital the next day. Then a few weeks later, my wife had to go back to the hospital. She had developed bilateral pulmonary embolisms, blood clots in both lungs, she was pretty close to death. We rushed her to the ER at three in the morning, which was exactly 21 days to the hour from when we left to go to labor and delivery. She ended up being in the hospital for almost five days and had to undergo a lot of tests and procedures. She was discharged on Halloween and finally got to come home. They had her on blood thinners. And since she was breastfeeding and wanted to continue doing so, the only option for blood thinners were the kind that needed to be injected daily under the skin in the abdomen. She hates needles and injections in general, but she powered through the daily injections I gave her for the next month. When the doctors told us that she'd need to stay on blood thinners for the next few months, we knew we had to switch to a different type. It wasn't feasible for her to continue the injections when I returned from my paternity leave, uh, which meant having to switch to formula-only feeding since the blood thinning pills wouldn't be safe for breastfeeding. It was a hard decision to make, but ultimately was the best for us given everything. Now we're nearly done with the blood thinners. She'll be off them for a month, and then we'll undergo more tests to see if she's over it for good or if we need to go back on them. She's been a champ through this whole process, and I couldn't be prouder of her. See and close for some pictures of our son and our two fur babies. Piper is the tabby cat, and Silverbell is the white one. And Aww. I got to tell you, I have to tell you, Anonymous, the fact that you say, we, we did this, we went here, mm -hmm. we were on the thinners, we're seeing if we can get off the thin, that shows me how much empathy and love you have, that, that you consider yourself a unit like that. It's just a, incredible. And uh, congratulations on the baby. And let's look at this baby in the back look costume, please. at the baby. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of cute cats too, but look at the baby. Oh, man. Three months. Yeah, that first is that cat that is cute, little... but look at the baby. Just I, kidding. I'll look at the cat. I, I went straight to the baby, <laughs> which is weird for me because I'm a cat person. Yeah. Like as opposed to a baby person, that's weird. Uh, no, I love babies also, but I went straight to the baby, and here is this baby on a bat blanket in a bat costume with bat ears. And so I, sweet. I want this outfit for myself. No, little onesie. And then look at That's the cute kitties. Very adorable. Thank you so much for that submission, Anonymous. This one's from Sheila, pronounced she and her. I'm sitting here drinking coffee out of my Daily Beans cup this morning. I've been listening for a long time on Apple Podcasts, but just switched over to Patreon, and I got a mug in the mail. Yeah. You guys made my day and informed me, on the same, uh, and informed me at the same time, so thank you. I'd like to shout out my nephew, Casey who has more energy, intelligence, and talent than any one person should have. He's an excellent musician, along with being a clinical social worker and chemical dependency counselor. 
He has written a book called Realistic Hope, Realistic Hope Family Survival Guide for Facing Alcoholism and Other Addictions. That sounds amazing. He and his wife have all, excuse me, also have excellent podcasts called Addiction in the Family, which is almost 50 episodes in. I couldn't be prouder of him. Thanks for everything you are doing. Please enjoy my kitties as pod tax. Sheila, thank you. And we'll include links to that and the podcast. Addiction in the Family is the name of the pod if you want to check it out. These Look, kitties are very beautiful. The babies with the tie-dye backgrounds. That's Do so you know how cute they all were as kittens, but that second one? The little calico baby. Oh, yeah. That was a cute, cute kitten. So great. Thank you for that. Next up, Stephen, pronouns he and him. This is a shout out to my beloved Julie, pronouns she and her, and specifically to the blood, sweat, and tears she is still shedding to help students of all ages with mental health issues in our Massachusetts schools. She's a psych nurse practitioner and former school nurse who founded a one-woman program, just her, which provides a hotline to Massachusetts school nurses, teachers, and administrators for consultations on how to better help specific students struggling with mental health issues. Oh, my God. She also offers fast and funny presentations, both remotely and in person, to groups of school staff about the same skills, knowledge, and tools. This is uh, all in addition to her full-time private practice as a mental health therapist and prescriber. The School Nurse Liaison Project, or SNLP, is beloved by schools, but depends on donations to survive, which is not just not sustainable. It may not last another year. She taught herself how to create non-pro- the nonprofit and has been running herself ragged to get the state budget for next year, but she needs people to help, which includes, among other things, contacting their Massachusetts state legislators to support her program. People who are curious or want to help can go to school dash nurse dash liaison dash project dot org and we'll have a link in the show notes julie is brilliant and empathetic and our students would be much worse off without the services she provides for pod pet tax here are pictures of our two cats smudge and mila short for mila gross i hope i'm saying that right although it's milagros 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 okay sorry I I was like Greek Spanish. Where You're do like, I go? Milagros. <laughs> I'm like, no, this one I know. <laughs> it's Milagros. Yeah. See, that's why you're here, my friend. Although it's hard to see in the photo, they are polydactyl siblings, so they have about twelve feet's worth of toeses between them. I love oh, polydactyl. Wouldn't it be funny if it was Milagros? Like if someone wrote back in and was like, hey, she was right, Dana. <laughs> it's the Greek. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. So I. I, I never know. There were no other hints. Stephen, thank you. And Julie, what incredible work you're doing. Everybody Absolutely. Check, check out that website in our uh, in our show notes. We've um, got cool fucking listeners. Oh, they're the best. Empathy. Empathy is the theme today. And birds. I love that. Birds and empathy. All right. Empathy birds. Yep. Empathy <laughs> bush tits. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for writing in. If you have anything to send to us, you can send it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Do you have any final thoughts today on this Monday, my friend? Yes, I would like to know what you meant by bush tits. What is that? Is it a bird? It's a kind of bird, yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that, what is that? Um, a bush tit in the bush is worth two in the, two in in the, the hand. Two in the hand. Yeah, there you go. I like a it. bush tit. Elizabeth, that was for you. Okay, a tit no more in the top. hand is worth yep. two in the, I don't know. You know what? <laughs> two tits in the hand is worth one in the bush. <laughs> wow. <laughs> two hands in the bush. <laughs> Holy is, okay, that stop, stop, stop. Wow. <laughs> yep. we, I don't know if we should edit that out or not. Let's leave it. Nah, we'll this leave it. This is why I don't have final thoughts, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm in a mood today, so... 
that's what you get. Uh, all right, all right, everybody. Again, thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you sending in all this stuff. We really do appreciate it. Send anything to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And we will be back in your ears tomorrow. There's a new episode of Jack Out, by the way. Check it out. Uh, and as soon as that immunity thing drops, I've had a conference, a caucus with Andrew McCabe. We're going to put out an emergency episode. It's going to have its nice. own episode of Jack. So you will get two episodes of Jack whatever week that freaking happens. Come on, Judge Henderson. Karen. Come on, Karen. Get with it. the program. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your family. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone you know with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.